0: This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair LaVora Barnes. Welcome to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm LaVora Barnes. The word this week, paralysis. That's exactly what Republicans have given us in Congress. With the Matt Gates fringe wing of the party, firing Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the House of Representatives can't do anything until it elects a new Speaker. There's no consensus on his replacement. The talk of installing accused felon Donald Trump into the job is pretty much a fantasy. There's a crisis in the Middle East, the federal government faces another shutdown deadline in about 40 days, and the border crisis calls out for legislative action. But with no Speaker of the House, nothing can be done. Republicans are once again demonstrating they are unable to govern. Later in the podcast, we'll talk with West Michigan Representative Hillary Skelton about the Republican-made mess, along with her efforts to craft bipartisan immigration reform legislation. We got more great news this week about jobs. We have record low unemployment for the 20th consecutive month, wages are growing, and inflation is coming down. Under President Biden's leadership, more than 13.9 million jobs have been created. That's the biggest two-year job creation number of any president in history. There's also more Democrat-led action at both the federal and state levels to reduce the price you pay for health care. At the federal level, the manufacturers of 10 expensive medications have agreed to negotiate with the federal government for lower prices for Medicare recipients. Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, called the decision by the companies another major step in President Biden's fight to lower healthcare costs for seniors and families. In Michigan, the state Senate has approved on a party-line vote, legislation creating a prescription drug affordability board which would focus on the prices you pay for your prescriptions. Coming up, our chat with U.S. Congresswoman Hillary Skelton But first, an update on some of the other stories on politics and policies we're following this week with MDP's Doran Tias. In the
1: news this week, the U.S. economy churned out a blockbuster 336,000 jobs in September, smashing economists' expectations and heightening the risks that policymakers will have to push even harder to slow down the economy. The data released Friday by the Bureau of Labor Statistics offered yet another snapshot of the job market's remarkable strength, with the unemployment rate holding at 3.8% and wage growth outpacing inflation in a boost to workers.
2: It's no accident. It's Bidenomics. We're growing the economy from the middle out, the bottom up, not the top down. And inflation is coming down at the same time. It's down 60% since last summer. Core inflation was just 2.2% over the past three months. And now we have the lowest inflation of any major economy in the world.
1: The unemployment rate has stayed below 4% for 20 months, the longest stretch in 50 years. Michigan is getting a three billion dollar investment for production of lithium ion battery models under a new supply agreement between LG Energy Solution and Toyota Motor North America Incorporated. The two companies announced during the week LG Energy Solution plans to install new production lines at its Holland plant in West Michigan for battery sales module to support the deal. Work on the plant is slated to be completed in 2025. Former Detroit Police Chief James Craig has joined the race for the U.S. Senate. Craig ran for governor in 2022, but failed to get on the ballot because of forged signatures on his nominating petitions. In announcing his candidacy, Craig said, quote, The American people want to return to law and order. And that's exactly what they're going to get, end quote. Craig has endorsed Donald Trump for president. Trump has been charged with 91 felonies in four separate indictments. The irony is exquisite. Legislation prohibiting counties and municipalities from barring specific dog breeds in their borders has been introduced in the state house. Primary bill sponsor Representative Penelope Sternoglu said municipalities in the past have contemplated bans. On specific breeds of dogs based on common false associations between breeds and personality types, forcing tough decisions on families. Co-sponsor Representative Veronica Paz added that, quote, the science is very clear. We know that breed alone doesn't account for behavioral differences between dogs. Yet this misperception continues. Responsible dog owners shouldn't have to experience the hardships of the misunderstandings of our canine family members. The bipartisan legislation introduced last week comes shortly after Gross Point Shores banned pit bulls. The Michigan Democratic Party has launched a two-week digital ad campaign targeting GOP leader, state representative, Maga Matt Hall, following the shocking revelations of his abusive past as the legislature considers additional common-sense gun safety reforms. The digital ads have begun running on Facebook and target thousands of swing voters across Hall's district, highlighting the threatening messages he sent to another college student, which included rhetoric insinuating gun violence, saying, quote, I've got a shotgun rifle and just put a bullet in it with your name on it, end quote. A link to the ad is on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. As renewable energy becomes more widespread in the United States, large and bipartisan majorities of Americans say they wouldn't mind fields of solar panels and wind turbines being built in their communities, according to a Washington Post University of Maryland poll. Three quarters of all Americans say they would be comfortable living near solar farms, while nearly seven in 10 report feeling the same about wind turbines and these attitudes appear to remain largely consistent regardless of where people live. The state Senate has passed legislation creating the Prescription Drug Affordability Board to take on the sky-high prescription drug costs that hurt Michigan's middle class. With the help of experts, this nonpartisan board will help to rein in the egregious costs of prescription drugs that force families to choose between their health and putting food on the table. The Prescription Drug Affordability Board would increase the affordability of medications while making the process more transparent and holding bad actors accountable, as well as addressing the access issues that plague the system. All Republicans in the Senate voted against the bill. The New York Times reports that shortly after leaving office, former President Trump shared apparently highly classified information about American nuclear submarines with an Australian businessman during an evening of conversation in Mar-a-Lago, his private club and residence in Florida, according to two people familiar with the matter. The businessman, a billionaire member of Mar-a-Lago, who runs one of the world's largest cardboard companies, went on to share the sensitive details about the submarines with several others, the people said. Trump's disclosures, they said, potentially endangered the U.S. nuclear fleet. A federal court has picked Alabama's new congressional map, which will likely result in an additional Black and Democratic member in the delegation. The new map came after the same panel of federal judges twice found that the lines drawn by the GOP-dominated legislature likely violated the Voting Rights Act by weakening the power of Black voters. The new lines will be used for at least the 2024 elections. The state's Republican Secretary of State said on Thursday, though Alabama Republicans have vowed to fight them for future cycles. The gerrymandered Ohio legislature has responded to a newly elected Democratic majority on the state's Board of Education by creating a new state agency. The Department of Education and Workforce that will replace the Education Department and report to the governor, not the board. The bill would also make all of the board's 19 members governors appointees instead of allowing voters to elect 11 of them. The GOP fought for the changes after three candidates, aligned with the teachers union, were elected to the board, displacing conservative members. The power grab is being challenged in court. Link to these stories and other articles of interest are on our website, partyonthepeninsula.com. From Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Type.
0: Thank you, Dorian. It's been another wild week in the Republican-run U.S. House. For the first time in American history, the Speaker of the House was fired. Now, there's no speaker and no signs that the vacancy can be quickly filled. Speaker McCarthy was dumped by the ultra-right-wing faction for the sin of working with Democrats to avoid a federal government shutdown. Democrats on the other hand are demonstrating repeatedly a willingness to work on a bipartisan basis in a government that has split control. At the center of this effort is the Problem Solvers Caucus, a group of centrist Democrats and Republicans in the House. One of the members of that caucus is West Michigan Congresswoman Hillary Scalton. She talked about her efforts to forge bipartisan solutions with our Walt Sorg.
2: Representative Scalton, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time. I know you've been busy, if nothing else, just trying to keep track of what's going on in there.
3: That's exactly right. It has been a, a wild week in D.C. for sure. But we're just as committed as ever to, to doing the hard work of bipartisanship. And we are unexpectedly back in the district now, but heading back Tuesday uh, to continue with the, the vote for a new speaker.
2: The last that we talked was during your campaign before you were elected. Did you have any idea that you would get elected to Congress and that this would break out?
3: not at all. No one could have seen this coming, I I don't think. No, we knew that this would certainly be a chaotic and uncontrolled Congress. We started out not having a speaker for the first week uh, and having to go to 15 votes to actually get Kevin McCarthy confirmed as speaker. And I think we saw, because of the way that he compromised with the extremists in the party to give them so much control, though they really represent such a relatively small fraction of the party, I think a lot of people saw that it was only a matter of time before they acted on that authority to try to take him out.
2: You are a member of the Problem Solvers Caucus which is a bipartisan group of centrist members of the House, equal number of Republicans and Democrats, and quite a few people are looking at y'all to see if you can come up with a solution that doesn't involve caving into the crazies.
3: Yeah, we're ready. I've been ready to, to step in and work on a compromise solution for this problem. I was actually on the Sunday morning talk show State of the Union with Jake Tapper just minutes after Matt Gates made his announcement and that he was going to bring the motion to vacate. And the first question came to me, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm ready to compromise. I'm willing to work with Republicans on a solution to this. But the Republicans were not willing to come to the table. Kevin McCarthy said over and over again, we will not negotiate with the Democrats. Instead, he was willing to give the extremists in the party the ability to remove him with uh, just a single member having the ability to bring that motion to vacate. That was unprecedented from the past Congress. And he's rather negotiating with the extremists in his party than looking to negotiate with Democrats and to his detriment and to the detriment of the entire country. This type of chaos, Congress, has real consequences for the American people and the people back in West Michigan as well.
2: Until you have a speaker, you can't do anything except to vote on the speaker.
3: Yeah, that, so the speaker play that's correct. That, that is the authority uh, that he has to conduct the speaker elections. Technically, that speaker can delegate other authorities to himself as assigned But we as a body have the ability to to vote against them as well. We really are at a stalemate right now. And the clock is ticking. We now have less than 40 days to act on uh, passing a budget. Uh, Then Speaker McCarthy brought us to the brink of a financial cliff. We almost defaulted on our debt. We almost shut down the government because of his inability to lead in a bipartisan, solution-oriented way. And now we're squandering that time. We got ourselves an extra 45 days to resolve the budget crisis. And this is how Republicans are choosing to use it. I hope that my fellow members of the Problem Solvers Caucus will come together and will be willing to work on a bipartisan solution to get us out of this. Right now, unfortunately, it seems like Republicans are turning to bickering and infighting pointing fingers, and once again, looking for Dems to try to solve this. And our rejoinder to them is we're ready to compromise, but we're not just going to continue to enable a speaker who has himself enabled extremism without checks on that power.
2: And certainly not a Jim Jordan or somebody who's an extremist. It's Steve Scalise who's also pretty extreme.
3: Steve Scalise once called himself David Duke without all the baggage. We have individuals in this Congress who are diametrically opposed to so many of the things that we stand for here in the United States of America and that Congress is working to accomplish. There's been a lot made over the last several days about whether this removal of Speaker McCarthy was an attack on the institution of Congress itself and As I said in my statement, my vote to vacate the office of the Speaker uh, from Kevin McCarthy, to make Kevin McCarthy vacate the office of the Speaker, uh, was to restore the institution, to maintain the integrity of the institution. Kevin McCarthy has undermined our democracy time and time again, from the time before he was Speaker of the House, when he voted to not to certify the 2020 election results to the way that he has allowed extremism to run rampant in this Congress. And it was time to show him the door.
2: Let's move on to an issue that the Congress has to deal with at some point. And it happens to be one of your areas of expertise, if not your number one area of expertise, and that's immigration. You were formerly an attorney who specialized in immigration issues. What do you think is possible given the climate you've been Washington right now?
3: I am an optimist. Despite everything that I have seen, which is certainly so frustrating, I remain optimistic that we will be able to come to solutions here. And, and here's why. The news wants to make a lot of hay over the people who are frustrated and are walking away because it's salacious. It's drama. It, it gets likes and it sells newspapers. But beneath all of them, there are people who are willing to come to the table and work. I've got great friends across the aisle, and we have been working on bipartisan, common sense immigration solutions since I walked through Congress on my very first day. I'm part of a group of consensus Republicans and Democrats who are, are co-sponsoring a bill led by two incredible Latino women, Maria Salazar, a Republican from Florida, and Veronica Escobar a Democrat from Texas, who are just fed up of having to deal with a broken immigration system in their district. And as someone who has practiced immigration law for, for close to 20 years, worked in immigration for close to 20 years, I have seen the detriments of our broken immigration system. I looked at this bill and I realized this is not a perfect bill. I'll be the first to say that. There are things that we need to fix about this bill. But It is a very good bill, and it solves a huge chunk of the problems that we are facing. And it's my belief that if we come together and we solve a big chunk of these bills, we can go about fixing what we can't quite get done in one fell swoop. It's been almost 40 years since we had a broad, bipartisan, comprehensive immigration reform. And the consequences are disastrous. Our immigration crisis is a national security emergency. It is an economic disaster, and it, it is a humanitarian crisis like we have never seen before. Human trafficking, you know, family separation. It's time to come together and stop it.
2: Is there any mood to deal with the core reasons why people are willing to travel 1,000, 2,000 miles, take all of these risks to start a new life in the United States? It seems like missing from the debate is the fact that these are human beings who have undergone tremendous sacrifice just to try to get into the United States.
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There is a real lack of humanitarian compassion missing from our discussion about this debate. And that doesn't mean, certainly, we do not accept the notion of just having open borders and no immigration system whatsoever. But a fundamental recognition that the individuals we're dealing with are human beings. And we, we have to respond in. Time. One of the things that I like so much about our, our bill, it's called the dignity is that it recognizes the inherent dignity in individuals. And while we allocate a record multi-billion dollar spending towards fixing and shoring up the border, we also create pathways for, towards citizenship for individuals who are already here. And we create uh visa categories for individuals who want to come here, make the United States a better place. And furthermore, we address the root causes of immigration, getting immig- the reasons why people would choose to leave their home and, and come here to the United States.
2: In your part of Michigan, immigrants are very important for your agricultural industry. And I would assume that your agricultural interests are Really upset right now. They can't get the help they need.
3: You're absolutely right. And there are just so many reasons why we have to, why we have to fix this issue. It's not just agricultural workers that are needed. We have critical shortages in manufacturing, in the hospitality industry, the tourism industry along the lakeshore and on this side of the state, farther up north. We rely on seasonal workers who who want to come here every year, but the backlogs and the bureaucracy are standing in the way of individuals connecting with the workers they need—healthcare workers in the nursing field, as well as you know highly skilled specialists, doctors and nurses—to uh, come here. You know, I I talk to our healthcare sector, and they're like, we want to remain competitive, but our immigration system is so out of step with the rest of the world that we can't get the expertise that we need here in in the time that we need it so it's at all skill levels and and across all sectors
2: thank you so much always a
0: pleasure to talk with you
3: thank you so much Paul. it's great to be here
0: that's our report for this week we thank hillary Skolton for joining us and commend her efforts to bring solutions instead of rhetorical heat to the immigration challenge i'm lavora barnes thank you for listening We'll be back next week and hope you will be, too. Paid for by the Michigan Democratic Party, 606 Townsend, Lansing, Michigan, 48933.